0: I invite you to take God's word today. Let's look at the book of Job. Job chapter 19 beginning with verse 14. You have to understand now Job is sick. He's in a lot of pain. He's lost everything he'd ever had except his wife. And so he says, my kinfolk have failed and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in mine house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I called my servant, and he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife, though I entreated for the children's sake of mine own body. Yea, young children despised me. I arose, and they spake against me. All my inward friends adored me. Abhorred me, and they whom I loved are turned against me. My bone cleaved to my skin and to my flesh, and I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. Have pity upon me, have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Why do ye persecute me as God, and are not satisfied with my flesh? O that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book, that they were graven with an iron pen and laid in the rock of forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Lord Jesus, I pray that you speak to all of our hearts, because most all of us in here have pain, pain, sickness of some kind, or we know somebody who is. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today, that we would be the kind of Christian, that we would be the kind of friend that those who are suffering need. I will thank you and praise you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that Job was a perfect and upright man. He had uh, seven boys and three girls. And after those boys and girls left home, the Bible says that he felt like probably they were out sinning. And so he goes and makes sacrifices and offers and prayers for the forgiveness of his own kids. Even he alludes to that in the scripture here as he's prayed for those that God has given him. When you look at the story of Job. It'll cause you to to maybe look at yourself a little different. Because no matter what kind of pain, no matter what kind of trouble that you might have today, none is as great as what Job went through. I can't imagine losing our children. I can't imagine losing our grandchildren. I can't imagine losing everything that we've ever had. And this yesterday evening, I, I, maybe I was, I've been studying about this message, and uh, Lynn and I were standing there in the yard, and everybody had gone. And we was holding each other, and I said, you know, if we lose everything we've got, we've got each other. You know, material things aren't Everything. Even though we like to have them, and it gives you a whole list of things that Job had. Thousands of sheep, thousands of camels. I mean, on and on the story goes. He was a wealthy man, but he didn't let the riches take over. The Bible says he was a perfect, upright, standing man with his God. He made mention several times, I know that my Redeemer liveth. He even said, I wish... The day that, dead, that never come that I was born. He wished that he was dead. He wished that his life could just go on. And I've seen people like that. Why does God keep me here? What use am I to anybody? You know, what? I visit and, and the, the uh, rest home sometime, I'll hear those people say, you know, I'm no good to anybody any longer. I can't come to church any longer. I can't go to Sunday school. I can't teach the class any longer. I can't sing in the choir. And what good am I? I say, you're still the most good of any person when you pray. Prayer is important. I said that's one thing you can do. You may have lost your ability to get up and dress yourself and feed yourself and come to the house of God. But you can pray. Prayer is the most important thing. Listen, there's not going to be much preaching if there hadn't been any praying. Not only on my part, but your part. You know, I wonder sometimes, really, seriously, how many people really, down to earth, pray for your pastor? That he'll preach like God wants him to preach. That he'll preach the message that God wants him to preach. It is not an easy task to know what to preach, okay? Okay? It's not too big of a deal after you get it, okay? But getting it and knowing you're where God wants you to be, it's, it's an awesome thing. So I challenge you every day, Lynn and I, we pray for our church family. We call names. Why? Because it's my privilege to pray for you. It's my love for you to call your name and to think about you and And then we'll talk about those that, hey, so and so, I didn't see them at church today. Wonder what's wrong. Well, you know, if it's been several Sundays, it's my place. It's our deacon's place to call to find out, hey, are y'all okay? You know, so many people in churches today fall through the crack because the pastor and the deacons aren't doing their job. Hello? Come on, y'all. God looked at Jonah, Joel, Job, perfect, upright man, and the devil showed up, which he always will. God says to, to the Satan, hey, have you can you consider a man Job? Yeah, I've thought about him. I know what he's got. But he said, I tell you what, you take all that away from him and he'll no longer worship and serve you. God told Satan, you you help yourself, but don't you kill him. You do anything, but don't you kill him. And the story goes that, hey, every one of his sons, their their lives were lost. Their childrens was lost. Their their homes were lost. Everything they had was lost. And a a servant would come in ever often and say, Job, i got bad news. So-and-so just died. A big wind came and blew their house away and took them away. Seven sons and three, three daughters. They're all gone. Job, they live no longer. And Job said that God has given and God has taken away and blessed be the name of God. You know, we gave our children to the Lord when they were babies, okay? And it's God's business what he does with them. Bible says train, teach, show what a child needs to be while they're young so when they grow up they won't depart and leave that. Now, you listen and you listen carefully, I done been here, I done been where you some of you are. Some of your little some of your little children are just fixing to start in the first grade, and you're gonna be taking them to the school and dropping them off and driving away. Hey, it's okay to cry. Some of you are sending your seniors that have graduated from high school, you're sending them off. A lot of in other parts of the world. You're gonna cry. That's okay. But pray for them. If you have trained them up right, pray that they'll stay right. Now, I know there's hoogalups all out there, you know, that they get with. And they try to change their heart, try to change their mind. But Job had lost it all. At one point, his wife said, you know, I mean, he mentioned, listen, he mentioned Now, men, you don't have to check your breath. And ladies, you don't have to check your husband's breath. But he mentioned his breath to his wife in the scripture there. Did you catch that? Talking about his breath to his wife. I have a good coach. She lets me know when it don't smell right. Sometimes you don't have to let me know. I smell it myself. Hey, when you can smell your own, you know you're in bad shape. And Job could smell his own. He knew things were bad. But he said, I know, I know my Redeemer liveth. Well, there was another time that God says to Satan, well, did you notice how Job fared, how Job went through this? He said, yeah, I noticed he lost everything, but he didn't lose his health. Would you give him to me one more time? Again... God said, you go ahead, but don't you kill him. He was afflicted with boils and sores and risings and no ma- all manner of, of illness from the top of his head to the bottom of his foot. He lay in the dirt. And on top of all this that was going on in his life, three friends show up. And their names just left me, Bildad, Eliphaz, and who was that other Zophar, thank you. They showed up. They were called friends. Well, the Bible says for days they sit and didn't say a word. They just stared at him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being in the hospital? I mean, with all kind of manner of stuff hooked up to you and you come too long enough to open your eyes and see several friends sitting there and they don't say a word? Didn't say a word. But they were classified as Job's friends. And at one point, one of those friends said, Job, if you didn't have sin in your life, you wouldn't be in the shape you're in. Hey, you don't know exactly, I mean exactly what what God said about him? There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect. And you, you get that? He was perfect. And not only was he perfect, he said he was upright and one that feared God and ran from evil. Listen, you and I are no match for the devil. We're no match for him. Don't think you can whip him. Don't think you can bargain with him. You can't deal with him. Jesus didn't try to deal with him. He just spoke scripture and the devil left him. Draw near to God, the Bible says, and he will draw near to you. It's a two-way thing. The closer we get to God, listen, you mark it down, Satan is not far behind, because the closer you and I get to God, the more Satan is going to kick, the more serious trouble is going to come your way and mine, the more sickness is going to come, more pains going to come, youngers are going to give trouble, and you're going to want to say, hey, I wish I'd have never been born, I wish I'd have never gotten married, I wish I'd have never had children. Listen, that's life. You mark it down. Troubles, trials, tribulation, they're coming if they're not already uh, in your life. Now, you know, I don't know what, what title to put on this thing. I did put one, perfection in trouble. But I also thought about triumph in trouble. I also thought about the sufferings of Job. So no matter what you and I are going through right now, pain. He said, how's your knee doing? I'm one step, I've told you, one step away from falling. I have no warning. If I fall, okay. I'm I'm always looking for a good place to land as I'm walking, you know. Looking for somewhere to land. Because sooner or later, you know, it's going to kick out again. Well, that's okay. Say, why don't you get it fixed? Don't want to. I'm going to say it this way. And you say, you're crazy. I am. I don't have time. I don't have time be laid up. So I'll go as long as it'll carry me, okay? So you're foolish. I know that. I appreciate all the creams everybody's giving me. I got it all. Boy, I smell like a bomb when I go out of the house most of the time. I I don't put none on on Sunday because I don't want you to say... I don't put it on on Sunday. I do the rest of the week. And I don't know who invented this certain stuff I've got. I couldn't tell you where I got it. It come off a TV somewhere. It don't, it don't act immediately. Six or eight hours down the road, it'll kick in. And I mean, it'll kick in and just, it'll set your knee on fire. It feels good. <laughs> I mean, hey, burning's better than hurting, okay? On my end, I know. So, just listen. Job, if, you, if you've got troubles, just sit in and read the book of Job. It won't take you long. If you think you have troubles... Just read his story. Well, let's, let's think about it. Job's friends and friends. Again, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. You know what? That was Job's only hope. The only hope you and I have today is the Lord Jesus. I don't care what you think your hope is in. If it's not in Jesus, you have no hope. There is no hope for you outside of Jesus Christ. So I beg you to make things right with him. The failure of Job's friends. Bildad, Zophar, Eliphaz. Well, I'm sure they meant well. And I've heard people say, you know, I want to go see so and so, but I don't know what to say. Let me tell you something. It's not so much what you say as they will remember your presence. They will remember you being there. And you know, they might, might not take but just a hug around the neck. Or I love you, I'm praying for you, a handshake. But do something. You know, I've seen people just stand off. Well, I don't know what to say, preacher. Well, don't, don't say nothing. Just walk up and give them a good, firm hug. Look them in the eye. Your eyes can speak. Your attitude can speak. Rescue brings responsibility. You know, those three old boys, Bill, Dad, far, and Eliphaz, they may not have wanted responsibility taking care of him because when they looked at him, I mean, he was so full of sores. I mean, his Bible said we read it, his own kinfolk wouldn't have nothing to do with him. I mean, hey, he was eat up. Reminds me of when, uh, I remember when it was, and that was, my goodness, probably 15 years ago, I got eat up with fire ants. I'm talking eat up. I had over a hundred bites. I got to the emergency room, I could I was choking. And and I I just leaned on the desk and all I said was fire ants. They had a wheelchair under me before I could turn around. They had IVs going in both arms. I thought that was it. And my chest was hurting like somebody standing on it. And I heard the doctor, I mean, I don't know where I was conscious or in or out, I I just heard him say, I've never seen so many bites on a man in my life. And every little bit, he, how you feeling? I'm hurting in my chest bad. I mean, they just pumping stuff. Well, where was Lynn? Well, I didn't wait on her that morning. And I told her, she said, let me get, I said, you ain't got time, I'm out of here. Well, they stripped me of everything I had on except my boots. Hello, I'm laying there and I heard somebody say, yeah, that's him. And I heard the doctor say, hi, you know. <laughs> she said I recognized the boots. <laughs> uh, I'm still in love with the fire ranges. I kill them every chance I get. And I pour gasoline on them. I run the weed eater and just gouge it down in there. But Job, listen to me, his boy was suffering. I mean, he was suffering. He, he, he thought, hey, this is it. And as I said, the Bible says he cursed the day he was born. He wished he'd have never been born. And why don't you take me out of this suffering? Listen, I don't ask God to take me out of it. Just give me grace to, and strength to get through it that I might be able to help somebody else. Job is an example For you and I, no matter what his situation was, he said, bottom line is, I know my Redeemer liveth. Job's faith, it it was strong, it was stout. I want you to listen. He asked three questions, and Cassie's going to put these up in the 14th chapter. Look at what verse 4 says in the 14th chapter. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Verse 10 Another question, but man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? And then verse 14, if a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come, because he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. If a man die, will he live again? The answer to that question is yes. Listen to me. Listen carefully. You and I are stuck with ourselves the rest of our natural life. If you were to die right now, if I were to fall dead in this pulpit right now, where would my soul go? Let me tell you. It's going to heaven with one reason, because I have accepted Christ as my Savior and no other reason. But the moment I die, the moment I'm pronounced dead, I will immediately be gone to heaven. Just like Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you can be with me in paradise. Listen, if you don't have Jesus as your Savior, the moment you're pronounced dead, you are immediately in hell with no exits. See that sign? That sign, that sign, that means there's three ways out of here at least. If somebody says fire... If somebody's going to head toward an exit door. You're going to get out of here as soon as you can. But what are you going to do with Jesus today? If you've never accepted him as your Savior, you're living on the firing line. You're just one step away from plunging into hell with no way out. You say, yeah, but I I know God loves me. Sure he does. That's why he sent Jesus to die for you. But if you don't accept him as your savior, there is no hope. You can walk out of here today and say, well, I'm glad that sermon's over. I got by again. Listen, again, you're one step away from falling into hell without Jesus. We are one step away from ending up in heaven to be with the Lord Jesus forever and ever. I don't know all the outcome of these three friends, but evidently they were concerned or they, or they wouldn't have went to see him. You know, why do, we, why do we go to see the lost? Well, I go because I'm concerned. Because I want to see them changed. I want to see them saved. I want to see them ready to go to heaven when the time comes. The hardest funeral I guess I have ever done is to know... That I witnessed, that I told the story, and the man refused, refused to accept Christ. Now, in his last breathing breath, he may have said, Father, forgive me, have mercy upon my soul. But as far as I know, he didn't. But I don't know in those last few seconds... Another man told me one time, he said, listen, I have my own way of believing in in what you're talking about, and I don't want nothing else said about it. Never was saved unless he got saved his last dying breath. Wow, why people want to put that off? I don't understand. And as those three friends, you know, Job, if you wasn't living the kind of life you're living, you wouldn't be in the shape you are in. Listen, sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And when that death happens, we're out of here. What was Job's future? When he comes all the way down to it, what was his future? Verse 25 says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And listen to what he says. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Okay, upon the latter day upon the earth. The Lord Jesus is coming. When's he coming? I don't know. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's coming. He said he would. I take him at his word. He is coming back. You can be ready or you cannot be ready. You know, when I think about eternity and how long it is, and I think about how old I am, 70 is nothing. Nothing. Compared to eternity. You know, I'm not promised tomorrow. The youngest one in this audience right now is not promised tomorrow. And it's always why. Why did God do what he done? I don't know. That's God's business. It was God's business to allow, you hear me, to allow Satan to attack Job. He did it to prove. God knew already how Job would turn out because God knows everything. But the devil thought, hey, well, yeah, he's lost everything. But let me inflict him. Let me, give me the authority or the power to get him real deathly sick. And we'll see what he does. They wouldn't even recognize him. He was so eat up his family that it wouldn't have anything to do with it. His friends wouldn't even have anything to do with it. And you know he must have been drained of his, of his physical being because the Bible says in that scripture we read that his skin clung or clanged, or whatever you want to say, to his bones. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's pretty drained out, isn't it? That's pretty wiped out. And then for his wife to say, why in the world? Don't you just curse God and die. Well, you know, that was a sad thing. Well, let me tell you something. He knew he'd see God. He knew his Redeemer liveth. But in Job 27, verses 1 through 4, Cassie's going to put that up. I want us to read that uh, as she puts it up on the screen. It says, Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who hath taken away my judgment, and the Almighty who hath vexed my soul, all the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. I'm going to stay faithful to God no matter what. It's what Job is saying. You know, that's all God asks, y'all, is that we stay faithful to him, called by him, saved by him, and remain faithful to him. Job chapter 42, verses 12 and 13. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses. And he also, seven sons and three daughters. Still had those. And in 16 and 17, he says, After this lived Job, listen to this, 140 years, and saw his sons, and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. My question to me as well as it's to you, how will your and my obituary read? What will it say? And I don't care for it saying that I pastored this church or any other church. I don't care if it doesn't say how many mission trips I went on. I don't care if it says how many people God allowed me to baptize. I don't care about none of that. But to say, here lies someone who tried to follow Jesus. How will your obituary read? I may, tell the, I may tell the number wrong, but a lot of people are dying. When we went to the funeral home just yesterday, I think they've had four or either five bodies. I think they've had 12 uh, this past week. I may be up there next. Who knows? Only God knows. But I'm like Job, and I hope you will be able to say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And on the earth he shall stand one day and judge. And we're all going to stand before God and give an account. But he's given us this day, this very moment in time right now, to get it right. To get it right. And I trust and I hope that if you don't have it right, that you'll get it right today. He said, "I'm. I don't, I don't want to shame nobody by coming forward. Listen, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in this world, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. Don't be ashamed to come to this altar. Don't be ashamed to come and say, hey, I want to be saved. Don't be ashamed to come and say, I want to rededicate my life. Don't be ashamed to say, hey, I'm I've, I've coming back. I want to put my membership in this church. You see, God works through people. He works through circumstances. He works through His Word. And if I'm afflicted tomorrow with a terrible disease, with only a few days to live, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you. I ask you and I beg you to touch hearts, to touch lives. Lord, I... I, I, I just want to thank you for experiences that you have given me through suffering, through pain. I thank you that through it all, I know that you are alive. And Lord, I pray for courage for every person in this room today. If they need to make a decision, if they need to do anything for you. Lord Jesus, that they would move when the invitation starts. That they not look at somebody else and see what they're going to do. Because when we stand before you, we'll stand alone. So I pray today, Lord, that your will be done. God, we'll love you and thank you for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.